This film is lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. Adventure is waiting. It's Zathura, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. Katie, today we're talking about a book that is a sequel slash not a sequel. Yeah, I wouldn't really call it a sequel. We discussed it on our prequel episode. If you missed that, you can go back and check that out. Uh, we discussed the debate about whether or not Zathura is a sequel. I mean, at least a little bit. We didn't go into a ton of depth about it. But uh, yeah, Zathura is what we're talking about today, uh, written by the same guy who wrote Jumanji. Uh, and it's a similar similar thing. So we're just going to get right into it. If you haven't seen or read Zathura, here is a brief summary. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. I pulled this from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Walter and Danny are two brothers who do not get along with each other or with their cantankerous teenage sister, Lisa. While their divorced father is away at work and Lisa, whom he left in charge, is napping, Danny discovers an old science fiction-themed board game called Zathura in the basement. When he starts playing, the game produces a card that details a meteor shower. When an actual meteor shower occurs in the living room, Walter and Danny realize the game is affecting reality. The boys discover the house is floating in outer space. Lisa thinks she has overslept into the evening and prepares to go out. The next card puts her in cryonic sleep for the next five turns of the game, leaving her frozen solid. Walter soon concludes that they must win the game to return everything to normal. As they continue to play, Walter and Danny overcome the dangers presented by the game, including the appearance of a defective robot, passing too close to a star, and an attack on the house by a race of reptilian aliens called Zorgons. One of Danny's turns causes an astronaut to appear, who methodically eliminates the house's heat sources as the Zorgons are attracted to heat. The astronaut lures the Zorgon ship away by setting the boy's father's couch on fire and ejecting it from the house. Walter demands that the astronaut leave, but Danny chooses to let him stay. Growing increasingly agitated, Walter accuses Danny of cheating by supposedly moving his piece prematurely. When Walter tries to move the piece back and take his next turn, the game reacts as if Walter were cheating and ejects him from the house, but the astronaut rescues him. Danny apologizes to Walter, but Walter will not accept. On Walter's next turn, he receives a card that allows him to make a wish, resulting in another heated argument between the boys. 
the astronaut warns Walter not to make a wish out of anger. Fearing the worst, the astronaut is relieved to discover that Walter merely wished for an autographed football. He explains his origins, saying that he and his brother had played the game 15 years before. He received the same wish card, but after an escalating fight, he wished his brother was never born. This resulted in him being trapped, as he was unable to finish the game without the second player. Upon hearing this, Danny and Walter finally put their differences aside. Lisa awakens from her stasis and, still oblivious to the situation, turns up the heat. The Zorgons return and anchor their ships to the house. Lisa finally discovers the predicament and the quartet hide, only to realize they left the game behind. Danny finds the game aboard one of the Zorgon ships, but is spotted. Walter uses a reprogram card he drew earlier to fix the robot, who attacks the Zorgons instead, causing them to retreat. Walter receives another wish card. He uses it to bring the astronaut's brother back into existence. The astronaut reveals he is actually an older version of Walter from an alternate timeline and commends his past self for making a better choice than he did. The astronaut and the alternate Danny merge with their counterparts as the timeline changes. The Zorgons return to the house with a massive fleet intent on, on destroying it. When Danny makes the winning move, it is revealed that Zathura is a black hole which proceeds to consume the Zorgon's fleet and the house. The siblings find themselves back in the house as it was before the brothers started the game, just as their father returns home. Their bond renewed, they promise to each other and Lisa not to tell anyone about the game and their adventure. Alright, just in case it wasn't clear, that was the summary for the film. The book, obviously, considerably shorter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the the book is it I mean it's it's that with a lot less detail. Right, yeah. I just wanted to clarify, like make sure yeah. people because we didn't say at the beginning. But yes, that was the movie summary. Uh and again, the book is that with a lot less detail. But we're gonna get into all of the differences in uh the big segment today, which is was that in the book. Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? what? Honestly, don't you two read? With these, I usually know what we're getting into. Kind of similar to Jumanji. Anytime we do, uh, which in case you didn't know, this is a children's book. Um, a primarily picture book. Mm -hmm. Book. So it's, <laughs> it's not a lot there. But, you know, it's it's for little kids. Um, and it's very sparse. And so I, I know going into these, generally speaking... Usually in a uh, a book at a film adaptation of a book, they cut out a lot of stuff. In kids' books adaptations, they usually have to add a lot of stuff. Yes. Um. So I'm um, basically kind of what I'm going to touch on here mostly in my questions and see what all was added, uh, what directly came from the book, what was inspired by the book, that sort of thing. All right. Uh, as the film opens, we get the opening credits, uh, which I thought were quite cool, which are like these '50s style. Um, flash gordon almost like paper it kind of bounces between like paper cutout looking art and then like it's it bounces around styles a little bit during these opening credits but all of it is like based steeped in this like 50s yeah. pop um you know again like flash gordon style sci-fi uh i'm I can't i can't think of the there's a name for the type of like pulp uh, yeah it's like a mid-century inspired like space race kind of yeah i'm looking. talking about specifically like flash gordon and stuff those have a name like the 
what those were public like like similar to penny dreadfuls i feel uh-huh. like those that has a name that i just cannot recall but anyways um it's very much in that style uh and i wanted to know if that art style from the credits was translated from the book um i obviously know you showed me when we did jumanji which does chris van allsberg uh illustrate his books yes okay so I would assume the art style in the book will be similar to what Jumanji was, which is not this. But that being said, maybe, you know, people can do different styles. Does that 50s Flash Gordon style thing, is that inspired or come from the book at all? Uh, I really dug the opening credits for the movie, but it does not at all come from the book. Um, the book is in Van Allsburg's signature style. It looks a lot like Jumanji, like you said, or like the Polar Express. Yeah, it's almost like a pointillized, like, yeah, pencil. Yeah, he does, like, all, like, black and white and gray. Like, again, it looks like pencil drawings, almost. And it is, I guess it's not pointillized, but it's, like, it has, like, a texture. Mm-hmm. The whole thing has, like, when you, like, look very closely at any given part, it's made up of, like little squiggles almost like it's hard to describe unless you're looking at it yeah it's a very interesting art style um but does the uh board i guess i can just i have the book here does the board game itself uh, reminisce is the board game itself reminiscent of that 50s style at all um i would say that the board game in the movie looks more interesting kind of similar to jumanji um the board game in the book kind of just looks like a regular board game i can't find the board game hey look there's jumanji what a spoiler on like the second page there's jumanji just sitting there just do you even see the board game yeah keep going i figured Wait. it would be early on let me see here yeah i'll let you let find it i just want to see what the board game looks like yeah i was like i said i you're flipping towards the end of the book and i'm like why do we i figured we would see the the <laughs> The maybe game at the I'm beginning. Insane. Maybe there's not a picture of the board game. There's, I saw oh, there's one not. where there's like a tiny yeah, corner of it. Yeah, you can see it. a tiny corner of it in one picture. Yeah. And it just looks like a regular board game. It just looks like a regular board, board game. game. So you it's... literally don't even see it. So, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I was, that's what I was like. I, I'm not seeing it anywhere, yeah, which is very strange. It's got like a little piece that looks like a sorry figure. Like right there. Yeah. And yeah. And you can't see, you don't see any art or anything. It's literally just like. No. A, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, very, very much created for the for the film. But I feel like it makes a lot of sense, especially when we get into later. We'll talk a little bit about how which we talked about in the prequel about how so much of the effects are like practical effects. Mm-hmm. We have like puppets and miniatures and they a vast majority of the effects in this. They actually did in camera, at least to some extent. And so I think kind of using. Uh, that sort of 50s Flash Gordon style kind of fits within that. Also, it makes it feel like an old board game, obviously, as opposed yes. to something from like a few years ago or whatever. So uh, this is something that is often, I find, added we in children's books and stuff like that, which is expanding the thematic elements that are going on. Whereas this in this film, one of the main, not one of, the main... Uh, thrust of what's going on here is a family dispute between brothers primarily Mm -hmm. who um, do not get along uh, for several reasons Um, but I want to know if any of that family drama them fighting with each other uh, it's like a younger brother and an older brother and the older brother doesn't like the younger brother because he's he's young and he can't he sucks at everything because he's a little kid and little kids suck at everything and (laughs) he doesn't know how to throw (laughs) or catch a ball blah 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 
Um, and also he just he ruins everything. Uh, and also it's, it's exacerbated by uh, the divorce of the family or uh, the divorce between the father and the mother recently. And I want to know if those story family story elements come from the book or if that was sort of added on for the film. That's definitely something that the movie is expanding on. Um, the book does open with the two brothers not getting along. We've got a similar conflict of like the older one doesn't want to play with the right. younger one and yeah. the younger one is like, hey, come play with me. But he's just a dumb little kid. Yeah. So I don't want to play with him. Um, but that's about the extent of the conflict in the book, whereas the movie takes that and kind of expands it into something a little bit bigger and more specific and then adds the divorce and the split custody aspect to exacerbate it, like you said. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because from my memory, the uh, Jumanji doesn't really have that element to the story. Like they just start playing. The, or yeah. am I wrong? Is there any sort of extra layer to Jumanji in the book? That you recall, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I'm asking you to think back to Jumanji, but I don't yeah. recall there being... I don't think there was, Because no. I thought that was one of the things where I was like, you know, oh, is anything with the father-son relationship? No, none of that you was... You know what I mean? Because that's a yeah. big part of Jumanji is the father and son having this falling out and him right. playing the game and blah, blah, blah. And, and I remember, I thought I remembered that that was completely created for the film and so it's interesting to see that this book actually has a little bit more going on outside of the wacky hijinks of mm -hmm. the game itself we actually do have a more yeah there's a definite message to this book yeah yeah in a way that maybe again if we're if i'm recalling correctly in a way that maybe jumanji did not have yeah um which would make sense because this is uh, later down the road for him maybe he you know jumanji was just a fun idea and he's like maybe i can do more with this mm -hmm. Which I thought, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. So yeah, definitely uh, came from the film or came from the book, but uh, elevated in the film. So uh, as we move on to the story, they, um, I don't remember why. Oh, he, his brother goes to hide in a dumb waiter from, they get into a fight. The two brothers get into a fight, Walter and I can't, what's the little brother's name? Danny. Danny. They get into a fight and Danny goes to hide in a dumb waiter uh, because he hit him in the face with a baseball, I think. And then Walter finds him, and it, in order to torture him, he lowers him down the dumbwaiter into the basement because the younger brother is terrified of the basement. Yeah, it's and a I pretty scary basement. Scary basement. Uh, I also thought that was just wild and wildly. I mean, not that kids don't do incredibly stupid things all the time, which they do. Like, he's, <laughs> you know, Walter is not very old. Uh, it's not outlandish for him to do something this foolish uh -huh. <laughs> that may literally kill his brother but i did think it was uh interesting and i wanted to know if him uh lowering his brother into the basement on the dumbwaiter as uh revenge was part of the book oh, there's no dumbwaiter in the book um i thought this was something that was better in the movie i liked him finding zathura like kind of tucked away in the basement of this old house that they just moved into fairly recently yeah got the vibe um, yeah the, the dad just bought it because they just split up and yeah yeah which what happens in the book is that they get into a fight and walter chases danny to the park where he finds jumanji 
Because at the end of Jumanji, the kids like leave it in the park. Yeah, in the book. Yeah, in the book. In the film, they throw it into the river or the yeah. creek, and then it would, it yeah, gets at the, washes at the up end in of the beach. book Jumanji, the kids leave it at the park. And Terrible. I, at least the kids in the film tried. <laughs> so they they run to the park, and he finds Jumanji. Um, but then the the board for Zathura is stuck to the bottom of the Jumanji box, which is how they get Zathura. Uh, the sequel aspect of the story, I think, is pretty shoehorned yeah. into the book. So I, I liked that the movie didn't even really attempt that. No, yeah, very much, as we mentioned in the prequel, uh, John Favreau, who was director of A, and wasn't didn't write it, but was a director, didn't want this to be a sequel in yeah. any real way because he wasn't a big fan of Jumanji, and this movie does not connect to Jumanji in any way that I could place no. <laughs> at all. It's, it's the same, like, plotline bones right but it's got entirely different trappings on it well and and more importantly there's not like they don't find jumanji you know what i mean like yes. there's no references to jumanji yeah. in this film yeah like there's no reason if you didn't know jumanji existed you would never connect no, it in this film not like, at there's all nothing even if you knew jumanji existed if you didn't know this was related to it and you watched this movie you would never know other than being like hey this is kind of a similar idea yeah and i honestly i feel like in 2005 i do remember thinking that like not realizing that it was based on a book by the same author yeah and thinking like isn't this just which that's, that's almost you almost have now that you mention it that is almost a good reason to make a reference somehow yeah. to make people realize that you're not that it is connected like that it is at least somehow you know related and because if you don't have any reference at all then you're just right. you end up with people going like and i think this might be what happened to some extent people walk out and they're like well did they just well, rip off just jumanji? jumanji yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. whereas if you had like a more direct reference where it's like, oh, this is like, oh, kind of a weird sequel to Jumanji or something mm -hmm. that would at least like the audience would be like, oh, OK, like they're not just ripping off Jumanji. It's like the same thing. Um, now, to be fair, the marketing did kind of market it as related to Jumanji. But if you didn't really pay too close attention to the marketing and you just went and saw the movie, you'd right. be like you would have no idea. And you would just think this was like a weird ripoff <laughs> space <laughs> ripoff of Jumanji, which I think might. Yeah, may have actually been kind of a mistake in a, in a weird way. Yeah, I, I, I think the movie's version of finding it, I would agree, is, is more mm -hmm. interesting. So once they uh, they finally get Jumanji uh, or <laughs> they get Zathura and uh, Danny starts playing it. And he gets the first card out and it's a meteor shower. And then all of a sudden after this meteor shower subsides, they go look out the window or out the front door and realize they're in outer space in Saturn's rings. I assume. Mm -hmm. I guess it doesn't have to be Saturn. It could be any planet with rings. But they're in the middle of a, a planet uh, system with rings. And they're like, holy cow, we're in outer space. And I want to know if the house literally turning into a spaceship and heading into outer space basically is from the book or if space things happen, but they're still on Earth. You know what I mean? Because in like Jumanji, the house stays right, where it is. Right, and the jungle is. like comes to them. Yes, as yeah. they don't like open the door and all of a sudden they're in the middle of a right. jungle. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is something that the movie nailed. Uh, the house does get transported into outer space. Um, and the visual of like opening the front door to see this massive planet with rings around it is 
taken directly from the illustrations. Well, there you go. All right. I also thought it was a pretty cool visual in the movie, too. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it also makes a lot of sense, especially because you kind of have to do it in this. If one of the things you want to do is like mess with zero gravity Mm -hmm. and specifically mess with like a spaceship coming to attack them. Yeah. It's kind of harder to do that if it's like still in this neighborhood. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Um, whereas with the jungle uh, stuff, you can have a lion show up. You can have like if they just had like the robots and the Zorgons show up, you could probably do that and, and have it still be like in its normal place. But if you want space battles and, mm-hmm. and and astronauts flying around and stuff, it needs to be out in space. So so uh, one of the cards they draw pretty early on, uh, we were introduced to Lisa, as you mentioned, played by uh, a young Kristen Stewart, one of her first roles, I believe. Um, and she is their older sister who we don't see until quite a ways into the film. Well, maybe not quite a ways, but it's like, well, we see her. It's a little ways in cause they've been interacting with the dad for a yeah, while. I, well, and there's no mention of her yeah. until like 20 minutes in or something. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I gotta go. I'm waking up your sister. And you're like, what? There's another person in this house. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny because like that teenager, like who just sleeps till right. two in the afternoon and, and you don't even know exists if it, Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of a clever, fun little uh, moment where, again, you're like, oh, there's another person. Um, but he goes and wakes her up. He's got to, She's got to watch the kids for the afternoon, but she just goes back to sleep. But then she's got to get ready for her. They wake her up and like, oh, no, things are going terrible. And she looks out the window and it's like nighttime. They're mm-hmm. in space, but she thinks it's nighttime. So she starts getting ready for her her date that she has that night. Uh, and then they draw a card that um, says one of your crew members is like put into cryo sleep or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so she ends up getting frozen. And I wanted to know if that that plot element of the older sister uh, being frozen came from the book. So it doesn't. Uh, Lisa's not a character in the book. It's it's just the two brothers. This is something I would say is better in the movie. Okay. Maybe it's just because I have such a soft spot for sibling dynamics in stories. But I really like the movie's decision to add an older sister to the mix even though she's not like heavily featured in the plot no i think it's a fun interesting element to add yeah i think so Uh, i also think that having her um or somebody get frozen in a cryo sleep chamber is like a really fun sci-fi addition yeah so even that element doesn't doesn't happen in the book either cool yeah i know i would agree i thought it was fun and it's a um, it also is a, a kind of a clever way to keep it where the focus is still primarily on the, br- yes. the two brothers. Yeah, because she's frozen for like a long chunk. But she doesn't show up for the first 20 minutes of the film or whatever. Yeah. And then once she does show up, she's frozen for the next 30 minutes yeah. or something. So she's really only like a character in the last act of the film, basically, uh, where she's like walking around doing stuff. Um, and so, yeah, she's she's kind of a very minor character, uh, but I, I agree. I thought it was a fun addition and uh, it, but they did it in a clever way that didn't subtract from the main right. point, which was the brother's relationship. So cool. Uh, so uh, speaking of, well, then I guess this is ruined because I this this really this scene really got me in the movie is after she's frozen. There's a moment where and I don't remember. I think it's when the house is tipping. Yeah, if they they're like getting pulled into the gravity of the planet or something it, like yeah, that. Yeah, they get close to I think it's a star, maybe yeah. it's like the sun or something. They get close to a star and it starts like pulling them in and, and it's like tipping the house and all this stuff's falling everywhere. And then her her frozen body falls up and slides down the stairs and bang bonks into like mm-hmm. Walter's head or something. I don't know. Something about it made me laugh a lot. And then I want to know if that came from the book, obviously. No, it doesn't, no. but I, I also enjoyed that scene. I thought it was funny. 
The Zorgons, do we get a an, an evil alien race that shows up uh, to be the villains of this story? Because I wasn't really, I wasn't sure, um, I don't know if, I guess I was expecting, I guess I did, because when I read the prequel notes, there was definitely something about Zorgons, mm-hmm. which sound like every sci-fi villain yes ever yeah it's a great um, generic it is like, a great evil alien race name yeah absolutely like blorgons is from something at, like oh sh- yes is that what is that is from that, is that uh is blorgons a, a hitchhiker's guide maybe that might be hitchhiker's guide but there's definitely like blorgons is something and there's some other ones that are very similar uh but anyways i thought it was uh, i thought they were super cool and i wanted to know if no Blorgons is Blorgons is community. That's, That's right. what they call the Daleks yeah. in the Doctor Who in community is Blorgons. <laughs> There's something else that's very similar from a like a non spoof mm-hmm. that I just can't remember what it is. But anyways, um, Zygons. I think it might be Zygons. Zygons might be from Battlestar Galactic. Anyways, doesn't matter. None of it matters. <laughs> the Zorgons uh, does an evil alien race show up to shoot them and, and be villains and there are there ones. are Zorgons in the book. Again, this is something that the movie greatly expands on. We get a lot of like backstory for the Zorgons in the movie that we don't get in the book. Like we know that they're attracted to like heat and light and yeah. that they eat meat. Um and all of the people on board our house are meat. Yes. They <laughs> eat meat. That's good. You're meat. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a fun, that was in the trailer, but yeah, it was a fun moment. Um, One, like, minor thing that I do think is better in the book is that in the book they call the Zorgons Space Pirates, Mm -hmm. which I think specifically is a cool name. Um, But other than that, I think, like, expanding on the Zorgons, um, and also they're a much, like, bigger villain in the movie than they are in the book Uh, again the book is very short right so the zorgons just kind of show up and immediately yeah they're just like one of the little like similar to jumanji where it's like the thing shows up for a scene and then it disappears or whatever yeah Yeah. so uh then one of the next cards they pull is uh i don't remember what it is it's like you 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 rescue a stranded astronaut or something like that and then uh there's a knock on the door basically and an astronaut is outside uh played by dax shepard And I wanted to know, and this is very reminiscent of the moment in Jumanji where Robin Williams comes out of the board, um, which I thought I recall from the Jumanji episode that that was a movie edition. Yes. And so I was interested to know if the astronaut showing up was something the book had or if that was another movie edition kind of echoing Jumanji's Robin Williams's character. Mm -hmm. So the astronaut character is not in the book. So I think you are correct that they're echoing the movie with that. Yeah. Um, And then this is something that I would say is better in the movie. I liked the addition of the stranded astronaut. Um, I thought finding another person within the game harkened back to Jumanji in a very positive way. Um, I liked having his character around to kind of explain things yeah it's a good idea and know what's going on similar to jumanji he's there to to kind of be like oh these are this is this he gets to Mm -hmm. explain things because he knows about it because he's been trapped you know in space or whatever for for the last 15 years or whatever so it's very similar at where you have somebody there to kind of explain what's going on yeah in a way where in the book the the narrator can kind of 
yes. explain <laughs> things. We don't have a narrator in the film. So having this character kind of stand in for the narrator makes a lot of sense. And it, there's a really interesting wrinkle to it in this movie that we'll talk about here in, in just a little bit when we get to kind of how this the stranded astronaut storyline resolves. So then we get a moment where there's a shooting star. He pulls a card that's like a gold card. Walter does. That is a gold card. He's very mad at Danny about something at this point. I don't remember exactly. I think this is the when they argue after the about cheating. cheating thing. Yeah. yeah, this is after the cheating thing, and he, where where Danny cheats, and then Walter tries to like rectify his cheating, and then he gets thrown into space for mm-hmm. cheating again. And then ultimately, he gets this gold card that the, and a shooting star goes by, and he gets to make a wish for any one thing, and it'll come true. And there's kind of this big moment where Dax Shepard um, is like, don't don't make the wrong wish, blah, blah, blah. And he, you think because you're thinking he's so mad, he's going to wish that. And it's very much implied and kind of set up by the movie that he's going to wish that um, Danny like didn't exist or yeah. hadn't been born or yeah. whatever. He ultimate, ultimately ends up not wishing that. He just ends up wishing uh, for a football. Yes. Because <laughs> he, he panicked <laughs> yeah. and didn't know what to think. He, <laughs> he wished for a Brett Favre autographed football. And um, then Dax Shepard goes on to explain after he realizes, oh, good, you did the right thing, that he made a wish when he played the game 15 years ago, as you mentioned in the summary, that that his he was mad at his brother. He wished he hadn't been born. And so he wasn't able to finish the game, which is why he's been trapped in space Mm -hmm. for the last 15 years or whatever. Again, very kind of Jumanji like type of thing. And I wanted to know if any of the shooting star stuff and any of that came from the book. Absolutely none of that is from the book. Uh, No shooting stars, no wishes. um, None of it. Yeah. I did really like it, though. I thought it was a good emotional through line for the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was a good, like, again the movie ends in a specific way with the astronaut, but even like not knowing that ending at this point in the film, I thought tying the astronaut story to the brother's story was really good. Again, another good, like kind of emotional, like pulling that emotional through line through the story. Yeah. And I also really liked the little red herring where you think that he wished for Danny to disappear and then he comes around the corner with a football. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) Walter comes around the corner with a football. Danny was hiding under the bed. Yeah. 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 And he's like, no, I wished for a football. And they're like, a football? You could have wished for the game to end. And he's like, I don't know. I panicked. I don't know what to wish for. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, Speaking, we mentioned the Zorgons earlier, but I wanted to know if you thought, assuming we see them in the book, if the look of them in the film uh, came from the book because in the film they're really cool they're gnarly they're like these giant lizard alien things that reminded me a lot of like skexies yeah um if you've seen like the dark crystal or the dark crystal tv show that was on netflix kind of like bird like mm-hmm. lizardy creature thing dinosaurish yeah designed uh, by stan winston who did not do the skexies skexies were jim henson but i think there's some inspiration pulling there. They, they again, they reminded me a lot of Skeksis, uh, except more lizard based as opposed to bird based. And I wanted to know if you thought that design element of them in the film came from the book because I thought they were really cool. Uh, so we see a, a little bit of a Zorgon in the book. We see like its back half, and they do appear to be humanoid lizard 
creatures. I think the movie did this better by letting us see them all the way. So you don't see like the face or anything in the book? No. Okay, because yeah, that was the part that really gave me like the Skeksy vibe is like that, like they have like a beak-like, it's like a snout, obviously, because they're lizards, but it, it's right. a reminiscent of almost like the beaks on like a Skeksy's. Okay, so you, in the book you see like its legs and its tail. Yeah. And so yeah, so, but they're, they're it's also kind of dressed... Like it's a, a pirate. pirate. Yeah, it's a yeah. space pirate. It He's has got like tall boots. It's got and a tall sword. boots and a sword uh, and like leather armor of some sort. Yeah. But yeah, definitely like a giant lizard person, like a humanoid lizard for sure. So similar idea. But um, yeah, something that the movie took and ran with. Yeah. And definitely, I think, turned even more because that if I would extrapolate what I thought that looked like based on that book drawing, I would imagine it for people who know this reference to look similar to the creature that uh, Captain Kirk defeats on. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode in the original series where he builds the cannon and shoots the lizard man thing. It's a very famous episode of Star Trek. <sighs> Why can't I remember the name of it? Anyways, it's one of the most famous episodes of Star Trek. He builds a cannon out of, like, stuff he finds mm -hmm. and is able to defeat this giant lizard man thing. Um, but I would imagine that the, the if you, like, extrapolated what is in the book, I would imagine it looking like that character yeah. from Star Trek and not, like, these gnarly, like, I don't know, haggard... Like dinosaur, dinosaur things. Yeah, like raptor things, which are, like, super cool and creepy. Um, cause there are some moments in the film with them that are very like where they're coming up the stairs and yeah, you see they're like the pretty teeth gnarly and, the, yeah. and scary. Yeah. They're super cool. That the one in the book feels a little more silly, like than, mm -hmm. than what we get in the book or in the film. So, but, but definitely, yeah, definitely inspired by, uh, speaking of something that was really creepy and, and, and weird and gnarly in the, in the film, uh, at one point Danny gets onto the Zorgon ship because they realize that's. The Zorgons took Zathura, the board game, so they have to get onto the ship to get it back so they can finish the game. And Danny sneaks onto the ship, uh, and as he's going around, he finds some goats on the ship at some point that they have. Mm -hmm. And uh, they look like normal goats, but then one of them turns around and goes, Bleh! and then it, like, pops, like, a bunch of eyeballs out of its head, and it's terrifying. <laughs> like, super gnarly and terrifying, and I wanted to know if the weird alien four-eyed goats were in the book. They're not from the book, but I did think that was a really interesting addition. You said funny. I don't know if I would call it funny. I thought that was kind of horrifying. The way the it, like, effect bleh. was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I don't think it, I thought it was just gross and weird. Like it is like it is. I, I see what you're saying. It's not that it's not funny. Like it's funny to me now, but I feel like as a little kid, it, it like reminded me of Mad Marge, like that uh -huh. kind of deal. Like yeah, I was just fair. like, uh, like from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and where I was just like, oh god, like it just, uh, it just <laughs> kind of creeped me out. But definitely cool. So uh, one of the big plot points, and I didn't ask about this earlier, but uh, I guess we'll find out now, is they're able. He's able to defeat. Um, the Zorgons come back to destroy their house and they're able to defeat them because this robot that came out of the, the board game very early, um, who was attacking them initially and they were able to like trap in the basement basically. And it mm -hmm. was like, had to, was like, um, repairing itself cause they like knocked it down the stairs or whatever. Um, they're able, uh, Walters pulls a card that reprograms it and he's able to reprogram the robot and then it helps fight the Zorgons. And I wanted to know if that element of him reprogramming the robot with a card from the board game and able to defeat the Zorgons came from the book. Cause that was fun. 
Uh, so the the repaired robot does save them from the Zorgons in the book. The movie added the reprogram card specifically, which I do think is a good addition. But the end result is kind of the same. So in the in the book, does it just sort of like show up and like save the day, or do they? Is it kind of like how does that play? It's out? like it it starts similarly where it's defective and it's like attacking them. Yeah, and they end up like knocking it over. And it's down for the count for a little while. And then when the Zorgons show up, it like gets back up and starts attacking the okay. Zorgons. So similar idea, but we get the moment where Walter actually yeah. like switches it from attacking them to attacking the Zorgons, which I thought was, I think it works and is fun because you have this, it's, you get a running beat of like, um, intrigue of wondering mm-hmm. what this reprogram card he has is because he gets it fairly early yeah, and he tries it on a couple different things and it doesn't do anything yeah like he, he's like maybe i can use it for this and i don't remember what all he tries to use it on um but it, it doesn't do anything he's like well all right and then ultimately it works on the robot and i thought that was fun um so interesting idea or similar idea but kind of added to in a way that is cool all right couple more questions and this is a big one that i thought was really really clever and really interesting that the movie does and i hope i'd be interested to see if it comes from the book we talked about the stranded astronaut he played the game 15 years ago with his brother, uh, wished for his brother uh, that his brother wasn't born. So he's been trapped there ever since. We then it is revealed to us in this moment. Another uh, Walter gets another shooting star card mm-hmm. and makes another wish. And this time he wishes for uh, the astronaut's brother to come back because he knows like, hey, he's like he, uh, the astronaut told him about how this happened and how he lost his brother. And he's like really sad about it. And, he, and so he makes this wish to bring his brother back. And when he does that, it it's Danny. Yeah. It reveals, oh, my goodness, it's Danny. And then we, whoa, oh, my goodness, the astronaut is Walter 15 years from now, which I thought was really fun. And I wanted to know if that time loop element of the astronaut being 15-year-older Walter came from the book. It, it does not. Yes. I mean, so the astronaut's <laughs> on the book. so Right. Yeah. But... I really liked this, too. Um, I thought it was a really interesting way to play with the time loop idea, especially because right before this or or right after it. In the movie, one of them takes a turn and it says, like, go back a couple spaces like you've entered a time loop go back a couple spaces. And I thought that having there be an actual time loop was a really interesting way to like incorporate the game and the story and have it all like kind of mesh and gel together. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's a super interesting and clever way to take. So as I mentioned earlier, it's very, it's very, it feels very reminiscent of the uh, Robin Williams coming out of the board game to mm-hmm. help explain everything and help them yeah, solve their problems and, and, and beat the game or whatever. But to take that element and to, to then transpose it to a sci-fi setting and use one of the most classic sci-fi tropes mm-hmm. of a time loop where a character is older and comes back in time to help their younger selves. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, a an amazing classic sci-fi trope. And to then use that in a way in a kid's movie that 
feels perfectly natural and makes perfect sense, but also meshes perfectly with like what Juman, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like taking the exact story element from Jumanji, but morphing it into a sci-fi setting and using a classic sci-fi trope to do it. I thought was like incredibly brilliant. Like yeah. I don't know who it's came a, up with it. It's a great bit of writing <laughs> yeah. for sure. I just thought that was incredibly brilliant. Also, uh, I actually was starting to get some vibes early that that might be what was going on. I don't know mm -hmm. if you got that at all. But there's um, one moment in particular where early on when he shows up and he's eating all their food mm -hmm. and Walter's like, we got to get him out of here, man. He's eating all our food. And he's like, we're going to die. We're not going to have any food. And he goes in there and he tells him to leave or whatever. And he's like, whatever, dude, I'm not listening. I don't remember the exact context. But then Walter pulls out the card he got from the board game that says that he's like a fleet admiral or oh, whatever. Yeah. And he shows him the fleet admiral card. And he's like, I'm the fleet admiral. You got to do what I say. And and Dax Shepard is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. And then he pulls out a card and it's like a dirtier, older. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look at that. I'm also a fleet admiral. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. And so then that was the first moment. And then also specifically the Kristen Stewart moment. I was like, they're setting up too much of a joke here for this, where she like falls in love with them because mm -hmm. of his eyes or whatever. And like, I was like that. This those little details. I, I wasn't for sure. I was just thinking like maybe it could be that's where they're going. And so when it was, I, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting, really clever way to do that. And then it it works perfectly for the um because who among us hasn't wished they could go back <laughs> and explain <laughs> to their younger selves the foolishness that yeah. they are engaging in. And he uh in this film we actually get to see that. You know, he gets to go back and kind of help uh his younger self work through these relationships issues with his brother in a way that is is really sweet and i thought it was just again a super brilliant way to take a similar idea from jumanji and mix it into a sci-fi setting just mm -hmm. very very well done and not from the book so final question at the end uh, they're being bombed by the Zorgons. Things are seeming crazy, but then a black hole just appears. And I don't know if it appears. They end up in a black hole uh, and just start sucking up everything. Uh, Kristen Stewart gets sucked into the black hole. Walter gets sucked into the, or Danny gets sucked into the black hole. One of one of the two of them. Mm -hmm. I think it's Walter gets sucked into the black hole. Everything gets sucked into the black hole, uh, and and they realize in this moment that the black hole is Zathura. Yeah. Because on the board, and similar to Jumanji, actually, which again, which is interesting for as much as John Favreau's like, it's not not it's not a sequel, blah blah blah. <laughs> like Jumanji has that black glass yes, thing yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah. of the movie, uh, and this in this board game has like the little part where they're like getting to at the end is the mm -hmm. same. It's like a black hole, like literally a black hole, and then it turns out, oh my goodness, Zathura is a black hole. I wanted to know if Zathura is a black hole, and if it's not, maybe that little detail was added for the film of like Zathura being a black hole, but if not. Specifically, is there a black hole at the end that sucks everything up and resets us to the end? Because that's also how Jumanji ends. The board game yeah, it all, sucks everything back and the, up. Yeah, and everything goes back to yeah. where it was. This is definitely inspired by the book. Uh, but the book does this on a much smaller scale. In the book, the older brother, just the older brother, goes through a very small black hole. Okay. And goes back in time and ends up like right before they start playing the game. And he's like, wait a minute, let's not play that game. Let's, yeah. let, let's, it's a dumb game. Let's go play catch. Right. Okay. Is there any reference to Zathura being the black hole? 
don't think so. Okay, because that felt, to me, that specific detail felt like a movie thing. Yeah. Of, like, Zathura's the black, the black hole is Zathura. Like, okay. Like, I'm I don't... pretty sure, let me double check, because in the book, like, in the movie, they're just trying to get to Zathura. Yeah. And... Uh, the board was more interesting. It showed flying saucers, rockets, and planets in outer space with a path of colored squares leading from Earth to a purple planet called Zathura and back to Earth. A purple planet. Yeah, so they're trying to get to Zathura and then back yeah. to Earth. And they say the purple book. planet, so there's no moment in the book where they're like, oh, it's not a planet, it's a black hole. No. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think the movie's version of that works, especially, yeah. again, tying, yeah, 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 in, yeah. tying into the Jumanji thing with the the black mm-hmm. hole kind of being the goal or whatever i thought it was kind of clever uh but yeah but but very much a similar idea of the black hole kind of wrapping things up which is also another sci-fi trope is black holes as sort of like wormhole mm-hmm. time travel things yeah that let you kind of end up in different times and places so yeah it makes a lot of sense all right, those are all of my questions. It's time now to find out what Katie thought was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes, I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Couple things. Uh, the movie plays with gravity a bit, but there was one specific scene in the book where gravity increases like in the house Uh and one of the brothers they describe him as like flattening out like a bowling ball like flattening out let me read it that's not how bowling balls aren't flat let me read it (laughs) the room began to level out but something strange was happening to danny walter looked at him Holy smoke, he said. Danny was getting shorter and wider, too. Soon he was about the shape and size of a large beach ball. So, so he, like, squashes. He, like, squashes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they, the older brother uses him like a bowling ball to knock the robot over. Gotcha. Which I'm sure would have looked silly yeah, in looked the movie. Yeah, it would have looked very silly. But it was kind of a fun, yeah. a fun no, little a fun, thing yeah. that worked in the book. Yeah. Silly in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other note here, I didn't super care for the movies thing with Lisa having a crush on the astronaut. Didn't bother me at first because I thought that it was just kind of like a silly nod to the way you can sometimes develop big feelings very quickly right. as a teenager. But then the astronaut turns out to be her younger brother and that just kind of it put me off a little bit it's just weird and that it, it, i i i would agree i don't think it like i like you said it, it, in that moment I, I i don't know it kind of i get it yeah but was it necessary no it wasn't necessary and and it is tough because i think there is the the, the fun moment and joke of how like quickly you know as a, a 14 year old or whatever you can like develop a crush on somebody and then the regret and the like oh my god like that's a very common i I don't know i i don't disagree i don't i think i don't think it would have harmed the movie for that not yeah to be in it so uh yeah i can see what you're saying all right let's find out what katie thought was better in the movie my life has taught me one lesson hugo and not the one i thought it would happy endings only happen in the movies 
a lot of my better in the movie things ended up as answers to your questions. So yes. I yeah, just you did have, mention a lot of those. Or, just have a couple things here. Um, when the meteor shower first starts and it, one of the little meteor hits, like hits a vase on the shelf and yeah. it explodes. Yeah. And Danny goes, Grandma! Yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the robot being like a tiny little toy robot at first. And then like we pull yeah, back like, ring, 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 and we see it like get gradually getting bigger behind them. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I liked the scene where um walter is like he's getting pulled out of the house and he's like by gravity to the hole in the ceiling yeah. yeah and he's about to be pulled out into space and danny's like he's got a lamp and he's like i'll throw this up to you and pull you down <laughs> yeah and he tries to like sling it up like a lasso yeah, and he's it- like spinning <laughs> it to throw it and then he, he tosses it and it goes like six inches and then falls yes. and shatters on the ground. <laughs> Amazing. I laughed so much at that point. It was one of my favorite yeah. moments of the movie because it was just, it's such a classic little kid moment. Yes. of Like just they're thinking they're going to do something and then just failing utterly because they're a dumb little kid who has <laughs> tiny arms and no motor control. And like they just can't. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I liked that moment a lot. I liked that the movie gave both Danny and Walter a character arc um, and some growth. The book really only gives us some character growth for the older brother where he realizes like, oh, I should be nice to, my, be younger nice brother to my younger brother because yeah. his his only sin here is being young. Right. Um, but what the movie gives us is that like, you know, definitely Danny more so is yeah. being a lot more of a jerk. But no, Walter, you mean? Yes, well, yeah, the older, Walter's yeah, the, the older, older brother. brother, or I think it's maybe we've been doing it wrong the whole time. I can't remember I the know. older brother. I thought the it older was Walter, brother. But... Um, no, I think we're right. Yeah, I think Walter's the older brother. Yeah. Um, but we also get like, uh, like Danny learns, like, oh, I don't need to cheat to yeah. do this stuff. Like, I can. It's okay that I don't know how to do things yeah. yet. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Um, and he also you know, learns um, to face his fears and he's able to be brave and like go and rescue the board game from yeah. his organ ship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good stuff. And I liked the part where Lisa took out his organ with the piano. Yeah, absolutely. She throws a piano down the yeah. stairs. <laughs> Just destroys uh, his organ with it. Yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. All right. We got a handful of things that the movie nailed. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Um, again, a lot of the stuff that I had here ended up as answers to your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have a couple things. Uh, Danny breaks Walter's walkie-talkie earlier in the movie. That's straight from the book. We even get the visual of like the walkie-talkie with the antenna snapped. Uh, Danny beans Walter in the head with a baseball. Yes, he does. Um, which is kind of an inciting incident that leads to Danny findings at the run. So that's in the same thing in the book where he hits him to have the baseball and then he chases mm-hmm. him. And, yeah. Okay. The first card that comes out of the game uh, is about a meteor shower and it does say take evasive action. Does it go through the card? Cause that was a great moment in the film. Does like the meteor go through the card? No. Okay. This is a little detail. Cause I thought that was great. They're sitting there and they're like, what? And then they go right yeah. through the card. Yeah. 
We do have a defective robot, which I mentioned, um, and the robot does say alien life form must destroy. Mm-hmm. And he also has like a claw hand. Exterminate. Exterminate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a quick shot in the movie. It was blinking you miss it when the Zorgons are running away from the robot. There's a quick shot of a Zorgon climbing up out of a hole in the ceiling. Which was the that yeah. we just looked that was at. The shot in you the showed book. me. Yeah, the the scene you showed me in the book. Exactly. All right. We got a handful of odds and ends before we get to the final verdict. We were rolling through the credits at the beginning of this, and I was like, one of them popped up and said, co-producer Peter Billingsley. And I was like, why do I know that name? And I was like, that's isn't that Ralphie from A Christmas Story? <laughs> and it absolutely is. Uh, he produces stuff, and this is one of the things he's produced. He also was a producer on Iron Man, the original, like oh, 2008. Interesting. Uh, and a handful of other things. But um, but yeah, he was a producer on this, which I thought was interesting. Oh, this movie caught me off guard. Like right away um, in the opening scene where the dad is playing catch with both of the boys. Yeah. And uh, he, he starts to play catch with Danny and Danny is like not very good. He can't really catch. He can't really throw. Um, and Walter ends up like leaping through and like catching the ball before it can even get to him. Yeah. And... <laughs> And he goes, you're such a dick. Yeah. Storms off. And I was not expecting that. Very funny. It was very funny. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Baby Josh Hutcherson really does look like the douchiest guy in your fourth grade class. No, absolutely. In this movie. Absolutely nails the the annoying douchey jockey. Yeah. Like, he's the spiked hair. I think it's I can't maybe. It's yeah, not. he's like the spiky hair and like the the big shorts. Yeah, and the, the, the basketball, weird, yeah. the big basketball shorts, and then like the 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 long sleeve shirt under the yeah <laughs> over the t shirt <laughs> or whatever he's wearing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I say that as somebody who dressed not dissimilar to from that at certain times in my <laughs> life. But yeah, it uh is yeah it definitely took me right back. We talked a little bit about like nods to Jumanji, similarities to Jumanji with this movie. And one thing that I think the movie could have done that I, I kind of wish they would have done was taken the drums oh, from Jumanji, yeah. but have it be like like the exact same drum beat, but do it like sci-fi do somehow. Like and yeah, something. something. Yeah. yeah. No, I that think could that have been really been, cool. been really interesting. Yeah, that could have been fun. This movie also gave us a very 2005 outfit from Miss <laughs> Kristen Stewart. Yes. Which she gets ready for her date and she's got on like, she's got like low rise flared jeans. Yes. And like a Henley pulled over a yeah. lacy cami. Yes. <laughs> where, like, where like, where it like cuts underneath her bust line yes. yeah and then like bracelets all up her wrist <laughs> yeah basically what i wore in high school <laughs> yeah yeah except not because i would have gotten dress coded every day yeah uh, yeah it very much like it, this movie is a, a time capsule for 2005 yes after, between josh hutcherson as a little little kid and then uh yeah Kristen stewart 100 percent um and then we both wrote almost the exact same note <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes we did i wrote well that was cute very fun 
Yeah, and I wrote, that was fun. Not amazing, but it's cute. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, 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 I wanted to like the movie more than I did, and I did like it quite yeah. a bit. I liked, I thought it was very fun and, and cute, and, like, I enjoyed it, but it didn't, I don't know. It did. I was. I was hoping it would. It would hit me a little bit more than it did. And maybe part of that is I never had that like sibling because that's a mm-hmm. big part of it. Is that, and and my siblings were much older than me. Like mm-hmm. we didn't really grow up together necessarily, um, or at least not not remotely in the same way that these siblings did. Um, and so it. You know, I'm sure that was part of it. Um, but I, I. I. But like I said, I liked it a lot. I thought it was very cute, very fun. I. I, I totally get the messaging. I think it's actually probably very. would be a very like i don't know if useful is the right word but like (laughs) for young children Mm -hmm. for you know kids that are the age of danny kids that are the age of walter could actually be a fairly like good movie to show them yeah if i in terms of like helping their their, i was babysitting a kid between like six and twelve like ages yeah. six and twelve, especially if I knew they were into sci-fi, I'd be like, "Let's watch Zathura." Yeah, you'll like it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and they might actually like you know learn a thing, learn a thing about yeah. like their relationship with their siblings, and, <laughs> and not even necessarily siblings, but just like other pe- kids in their lives. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a good little movie. Before we get to the final verdict, we wanted to remind you that you can do us a giant favor by heading over to patreon.com slash this film is lit. Support us there for five bucks up a month and you get access to our bonus content, which we're about to record our September bonus episode, which is School of Rock. So if you want to hear that, go over to Patreon and give us five bucks a month and you can listen to it. And all of the back catalog of our bonus content, which includes all kinds of fun stuff. Also, you can do us a giant favor by heading over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, any of those places. Uh, follow us there, like, subscribe, whatever the you do on those things, uh, and interact. <laughs> uh, leave comments, leave us messages, uh, and let us know what you thought about Zathura, and we'll talk about that on the next prequel episode. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to support us for $15 or more a month, you could access to Priority Recommendations, where you get to request what we cover uh, and if you support us there for 15 bucks a month for at least a month or two, uh, you know, support us as long as you can. But at least a couple months, we will move your movie up to the towards the front of the list wherever we can fit it in. We have lots of stuff scheduled out, but we'll move it towards the front wherever we can fit it in and, and do it. And this episode was one of those patron requests from Shelby Suderman. So thank you, Shelby, for requesting Zathura. It was great because it was nice and short <laughs> and sweet, but also a lot of fun. So thank yeah. you. It's time now for the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterward. I think I could count on one hand the number of picture book adaptations where I didn't ultimately pick the movie. And this adaptation is no different. The book is a cute and fun little adventure, and much like the original Jumanji, a great nugget of an idea. But that little nugget, however good, couldn't compete with the more layered and complex story, characters, and emotional arcs that the movie gives us. I thought the movie's visuals were quite stunning, a leg up on the original illustrations, and I also thoroughly enjoyed the movie's use of practical effects. The book Zathura is a fun and interesting book with lovely illustrations, and I definitely recommend it for any kids in your life. But for overall story receiving experience, I have to give this one to the movie. 
Especially as an adult. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Katie, what's next? Up next, we have our spooky season episode. Spooky. And we will be talking about Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Yes. The sequel. Recenter novel by Stephen King and even recenter film. Yes. Starring one Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan himself. So yeah, uh, that will be our spooky Halloween episode. We also wanted to mention, you've mentioned this on Patreon, but I think we can mention it here, right? Yeah. Uh, we are getting married very soon. Very so, soon. So soon. It's honestly frightening. Um, but yeah, so we're not going to have as many normal, you know this better. You yeah. say what the. What uh, so doing. after Dr. Sleep, we are going to take a two week hiatus. So those will be the two weeks immediately before and after our wedding. Yes. Um, we will be putting out two bonus episodes on Patreon mm -hmm. to make up for that a little bit for our uh, subscribers. And maybe we can drop a bonus episode, maybe an older bonus episode in the main feed or something. Yeah, maybe we can. I do think we can do that. Like I'll that. go. Maybe I'll go find yeah. an older bonus episode that's been on Patreon for a while, and maybe we'll drop that in the main we could, feed. We could drop the Midnight Sun episode. I, maybe not that. I don't know <laughs> if anybody be in. Maybe something people would actually care. About. Rude. <laughs> That was a good episode. I did a very good was, job. No, no, no. I read Midnight Sun cover to cover, and no. I did a great job. Absolutely. I think it's a very good episode. I'm just saying I don't know how many people would care about that. If you want to hear our my take on Midnight Sun, let us know. I just feel like the people who would care most about that already were probably patrons. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just thinking of something maybe a little more pop, like The Mummy, or I don't know, something that, you know, might... uh interest a wider uh, portion of our audience but who knows uh, anyways so yeah we'll, well maybe we'll do that to, so you're not going for like you know three weeks or whatever without an episode um it'll just be like an older episode that we yeah. don't have to redo um and we will be back then at like the last week of october first week of november yes with uh the rest of our schedule for this year absolutely so that's the plan uh hope everyone is excited for that we're excited to get to it and bring it all to you and excited to finally be married and not have to ever think about uh, planning a wedding i ever never again. ever 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 want to think about planning a wedding ever again yep very excited very excited to be married to you very excited to not be planning a wedding absolutely if you know you know yep all right, that's going to do it for this episode. So until uh, a week from now, when we do our prequel to Dr. Sleep, guys, gals, non-binary pals, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Watching movies. And, and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.